welcome to the Lighthouse by SACE. Um, so first off, what is SACE? Uh, it stands for Society of Asian Scientists and Engineers, um, and we are a nonprofit organization at Brandeis University that prepares Asian heritage scientists and engineers for success in the global business world. We celebrate diversity on campus, give back to the community through community service, and also bring professional events uh, to the students of Brandeis as well. Yes, yes. So should we do some introductions? Sounds good. So my name is Judy. I'm a sophomore from Brookline, Massachusetts. I joined SACE my first semester of my first year, hoping to find a community of people who are just like me and who are on the same path as me. And I know that we've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time, so we created The Lighthouse as a platform that allows us to have candid conversations with guests from different backgrounds, and I'm really excited to know people who I don't really get a chance to talk to on a daily basis and learn something new about them as well as about myself. Erin, it's your turn. <laughs> Hi, I'm Erin, as Judy just mentioned. Um, I am currently a junior, and I am from Torrance, California, which is around like a 40-minute drive from L.A. Um, so why did I join SACE? Uh, I joined SACE, I think, my sophomore year, um, and it was mainly because I joined... I took on the STEM pathway pretty late compared to other people, and I felt like I didn't have uh, many resources as I was trying to find my way um, around college. Um, and I felt like by joining SACE, I would be able to be somebody who can bring these resources to other people like me who are very, felt very lost um, as they're transitioning from high school to college. Um, and as to why I joined the lighthouse, um, it's because Judy asked me to. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we can go on to an introduction and a little talk about what exactly the lighthouse is. Um, and so for the lighthouse, we'll bring in a diverse set of guests to discuss their professional journey, unheard stories, and get to know our guests as people through casual conversations. The lighthouse is a metaphor for guidance for the AAPI and SACE community because a lighthouse provides stability and direction to bring sailors back to the harbor in all weather conditions. And everyone at one time or another needs a lighthouse to guide them through their fogs and darkness of life. There's ups and downs in life, and it's very easy to get caught up in surviving the rough seas. And when you're lost at sea, it's easy to lose hope and forget to look up for the lighthouse. Since light is the only thing that can penetrate through darkness and point ships in the right direction, we hope that we can be a lighthouse and help the members of SACE as well as the AAPI community to steer their boats away from the rocks and toward their goals. So after listening to the Lighthouse podcast, we hope that when you, the listener, find another person who is in need of support, care, or guidance, that you can give back and shine a light to help guide them back home too. So now that you know who we are and have a somewhat better idea of what we do, let's introduce our first guest of the podcast, Amanda Tao. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, so just a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Amanda. I'm a senior at Brandeis. Uh, hometown is Brooklyn, New York, born and raised there. And I'm currently majoring in biology and computer science. 
Um, and I guess some of the involvements that I'm currently a part of at Brandeis is um, I'm part of BYs. Brandeis encourages women in STEM, um, as well as the Women's Volleyball Club, um, and just a lot of different extracurriculars, um, such as research and um, also um, being a leader in a different community for church. Um, so just a part of a bunch of different things. But yeah, so glad to be here today. Yeah, we're so glad to have you here. And we move on to the first question. So we're wondering, why did you decide to be in STEM? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've had an interest in science from early on. Um, I think just hearing a lot of stories from my mom growing up. Um, she's a registered nurse, so she talks a lot about the things that happen in her clinic all the time. Um, and even just um, being in the hospital a lot due to just family history of different sicknesses like cancer um, or even just injuries that I've had personally due to sport. Um, I've just always been um, in contact kind of with science-related things, with healthcare and medicine. Um, and science classes in high school growing up just always fascinated me, so that kind of steered me towards taking more STEM-related classes in college. Wow, that's so interesting. <laughs> you said that your mom is a nurse practitioner, so I was wondering if she had any influence on you like in your childhood? Yeah, most definitely. I feel like even growing up from an Asian family household, like I feel like my parents are very vocal about their jobs, but also their aspirations for their children. And always mm -hmm. like, especially being like Asian, being a doctor is one of those highly prized um, careers. Um, but she always came from a point of view where she was like, she dealt with doctors on a daily basis. So she kind of knew the good and the bad sides, but she always advocated for being a doctor or going into healthcare or any profession in healthcare, just because she really saw the value and the impact of speaking to patients, being with them throughout the whole journey of a procedure or just a little checkup. Um, and she just saw um, how big of an impact you can make. Even being bilingual too was um, mm -hmm. a super big attribute too. So yeah, she definitely had a big influence on kind of my reasons for wanting to even um, kind of explore what medicine um, encompasses. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> um, I think I also had a question about, I know you mentioned that you're part of research. Um, yeah. I think just like for me personally, at least, I was like very overwhelmed when it came to research mm -hmm. and I still yet to be in a lab. <laughs> um, just like, I guess the process that it took for you to like get into the current lab that mm -hmm. you're in and just like any advice you have for people trying to find research positions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess this is a preface to, I guess, people who go to Brandeis, but I feel like Brandeis has a really big stigma about research culture that, like, you have to join a lab by your sophomore year or, like, whatever. You have to get in this experience, especially it has to be at Brandeis. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's so far from the truth, especially having been in a lab at Brandeis. Mm -hmm. um, so basically, I guess to summarize my research experience, I did two years in a chemistry lab. Um, I started my uh, sophomore year fall, finished just last year my junior spring. Um, so I spent a good amount of time there. I was working in a chemistry lab, so it was so far from what I'm doing right now or what I'm interested in right now. Um, it had no implications or um, applications, I mean, to uh, medicine or even healthcare. So it was so different, but I mainly just chose it because everyone was like, oh, you got to do research at Brandeis. Um, and yes, I did learn a lot of wet, wet lab techniques, and it kind of did help me get my job now. Um, not really, but it kind of opened more opportunities to get more research experiences. But um, I guess to answer the question, it's like, it 
to, the process of getting into a lab is just emailing. It's just mm -hmm. saying that you're interested, saying that you took these lab classes, or just putting yourself out there and emailing these professors and just seeing what opportunities come your way. Um, but what I learned more importantly is that really finding a research topic that interests you. Um, mm -hmm. There's no point in doing research that has a, on a topic that interests you like none the least like there's no point in wasting your time to do that even though you might gain some experiences which can be good better than none um, I think it's also worth it to kind of wait sometimes hold off and just take your time to find something you're interested in so that when you do that research you really gain skills that you'll carry with you um, for a long time so right now I'm doing research at Dana-Farber and it's towards cancer which I'm super interested in but it also um, my role specifically applies my computer science um, skills so nice. it's just so different from what I did at Brandeis um, and it took a while to get there because I needed to take some computer science classes to even get a position like this but um, it really is so worthwhile to like um, take my time see what I'm interested in sometimes you have to you know face a lot of rejections in order to get you know the position that you want but um, I think taking the time to wait and um, just seeing what comes your way and seeing what interests you is really important yeah, sometimes mm -hmm. it's daunting to like yeah. say no to a research, mm -hmm. even like if you don't like it, but yeah. you feel like that you might still want to do it because that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering like what made you to decide to move to the Dana-Farber lab and like stop doing chemistry research? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was a mix of me realizing that I'm not interested in this, but also I think sometimes a lot of our friends are really good um, people to seek advice from or they'll just subconsciously tell you these things like I had a lot of friends who were like oh you're still in that lab because like I think I naturally whenever I talked about whatever I did during the day to my friends I'd be like oh I just did this I did that yeah it wasn't really interesting and they were like mm. two years later they're like you're still there like you're still doing that I, did, I thought you mm. weren't interested in that and I was like you know what I'm really not um, and I'm like you know I'm nearing towards my end of my college career um, and I still have time to explore um, so I think that's when I realized um, I kind of wanted to seek more clinical research, so something pertaining to patients and just hospital work. Um, but specific to this role that I'm doing, so I'm doing a computational biology role, um, and that really came from kind of wanting to find a bridge between biology and computer science. Um, I felt like, well, first of all, I only took up computer science in the beginning because I was interested in it, but also to have a plan B in the background mm -hmm. just in case, you know, medicine doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. But then I realized I'm only interested in computer science if it applies to biology. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in software engineering at a tech company, um, even though, like, you know, a lot of people go for it because of the high-paying job, but I'm just not interested in that. So um, through a lot of advice seeking from professors and just talking to a lot of people, I realized that the cross-section between computer science and biology is um, computational biology or bioinformatics. Um, so I googled a lot, looked up a lot of things, um, emailed a lot of different people, and finally someone got back to me saying that they would love to have me as an intern. So um, that's basically how I landed this job. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's been a really great experience since then. Please, congrats. So <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Should we now move on to your life at Brandeis? Um, so you mentioned uh, earlier that you're from Brookline, New York. Oh, Brooklyn. <laughs> I hate me. I was like, I know it's Brooklyn, and then I was like, line. I was like, I'm from Brooklyn. I know yeah. you are. I know. I know this. 
Um, so you mentioned earlier that you're from Brooklyn, New York, um, and you obviously moved to Boston for college to be here at Brandeis. Um, so I guess we just wanted to ask, like, how that change was for you, like, what made you decide on Brandeis, and just, like, the process that it took mm -hmm. to get here. Yeah, um, I think weather-wise, it wasn't as hard. I think, you know, like, you're from Cali, so um, definitely is a harder change, but going from a place on the East Coast to another place, um, it wasn't too difficult. Um, I'm a city gal, so I love mm -hmm. traveling, commuting, and just using public transportation, so Boston wasn't too hard for me. Um, but in terms of coming to Brandeis, um, I mainly came here for financial reasons, um, but I think in the beginning it was a tough time adjusting just like any other freshman that goes to college. Um, I think finding friend groups was, was challenging, adjusting to coursework, it's a, a whole different ball game from high school really. Um, so I think adjusting took a while. Um, and even when I, so I took up computer science in my sophomore year. Um, so. Uh, it almost felt like my sophomore year I was readdressing um, mm. like freshman year again. So I think throughout my um, four years like adjusting and everything, I think um, it was a lot of trial and error for me. Um, I've changed my friend groups a lot throughout the years, um, changed interests a lot, changed different majors. So I think um, these past four years have just been a lot of like, yeah, what I said before, trial and error and just finding what I like. Yeah, and it's totally okay to yeah, have yeah. many different interests, mm -hmm. to experience different kinds of clubs, friend groups, mm -hmm. subjects. Yeah. Um, so now that you're a senior and like almost graduating, wow. I'm jealous. Looking back, um, how have you changed from your freshman year? Mm -hmm. I know that you talked about like exploring different interests. Um, is there anything else you want to elaborate mm -hmm. on? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like so much has changed. I think growing up for me, and especially in a New York school system, it's very competitive. Um, we had to like apply to middle school and high school mm -hmm. and go to a lot of tutoring and preps and especially with Asian American stigma, like you have mm -hmm. to be at the top of your class. Um, I think a lot of that um, pressure came with me in college and I tried to kind of carry that same mentality that I had in high school. Um, and a lot of that was also like being independent too, because we're taught to be that and encouraged to be like that. Um, and especially when adjusting to classes that are harder and that require, you know, more collaboration, talking with your classmates, um, and it's really hard to like get through by yourself. I think that was a really steep learning curve for me through these past four years. Um, and that was not something that I learned in one class. It was mm -hmm. like freshman, sophomore year, even junior year, um, it's still constantly taking me um, time to like realize and learn that, you know, even though sometimes these courses say like, yeah, you're supposed to work on this independently, whatever, like, I think what college is trying to foster and trying to teach students is that, you know, asking for help is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that was something that I had to realize a lot when taking like physics, um, I took like a higher level physics because I thought I was going to be a biochem major and that was a big mistake because that was really hard. But that was one of the first times my freshman year where I was like, oh my gosh, I really can't do this by myself. I need help, whether that be talking to my classmates or talking to my professor. Um, I really started to learn how to be more comfortable with doing that. Um, sophomore year, picking up computer science, another steep learning curve. Um, came with its own challenges as well, and I had to also seek out TA office hours, um, talk to more classmates, talk to people who kind of picked it up 
faster than I did. And I had to admit that, you know, it's not, I feel like it's not an easy thing to admit sometimes. You, you take a little longer to get things or pick things up. Um, so just understanding what my strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and those change with different things too. They're not always clear cut. Exactly. Um, but finding what those are, adjusting to them, but also knowing that like sometimes it's just better if I just seek help and ask for help because maybe someone already figured this out or maybe someone has better resources than I do. Um, just, yeah, just I think humbling myself sometimes, taking away that pride and um, just embracing the struggle and embracing that the fact that I need to learn more and take more time to, to learn this. Um, so yeah, those were okay, like the big things that I learned throughout my four years and it's definitely something that I'll carry with me um, in the future. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I feel like at Brandeis, I can really utilize my friends and collaborate with friends mm -hmm. to work on like academics and other things. Yeah, so. I, I definitely still struggle with like asking people for help because mm -hmm. of like the whole pride or like what like my like want to be independent. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like almost like a failure if you're asking other people for help because I feel like I should be the one figuring like my own problems out so I think that's yeah yeah definitely. and like people like I feel like students say that all the time too they're like oh like you don't know this already like oh it didn't come that easy to you like oh for me I like figured it out already like things like that like small banter like that <laughs> um and I think I just learned to just kind of brush that aside like at the mm -hmm. end of the day like no one cares if you figured this out in five minutes or five hours mm -hmm. like yes. you're all gonna get the you're gonna get similar grades at the end of the day and it won't even matter <laughs> the journey that it took but like the fact that you know you're just reaching out and asking for help I think mm -hmm. is something that everyone needs to learn at some point and um you know I think it's just honestly if you're learning in college it's better because it'll just set you up better for the future when yeah. things get even harder so yeah I think having that stick like brushing away that stigma um really does you a lot of good and puts a lot of pressure off of your own shoulders yeah yeah definitely agree mm -hmm. um yeah, uh, I know you mentioned earlier the like you had a couple like learning curves and like things that you struggled with. Um, but what would you say that was your biggest challenge um, while studying at Brandeis? Mm. I think picking up computer science is was my biggest challenge. Um, I'm like so glad to say that I was I'm able to finish the major because mm -hmm. it really took a long time. Like the beginning, I know a lot of colleges they do that. Like the intro classes are the hardest because they're yeah. trying to weed out the students, mm -hmm. um, and it definitely felt like that in computer science. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just hard because I also picked it up my sophomore year, mm -hmm. um, so I didn't know a lot of students that were also taking it with me at the same time. All my friends at that time were bio majors, um, were doing um, bio biochem of that sort. Um, so I really didn't have. I, I'm pretty sure I had like what two friends acquaintances in the mm -hmm. class and like 150 student lectures so I think the whole time like uh, my sophomore junior year it just felt so isolating for me and I think that's what made it so hard I didn't have a lot mm -hmm. of people to turn to to talk to um, and the friends that I had who were bio majors even when I would share it like it they just wouldn't understand um, just because they didn't have to do this type of coursework or they didn't have experience with it um, so they tried to understand the best they could but it was never like they couldn't help me fix this problem or um, mm. do this um, so a lot of the reasons why computer science was really challenging was because it was so isolating for me and I was I felt like I was doing it on my own um, which kind of goes hand in hand to like 
the big things that I've learned is that in order to get through those hard times of isolation and um, hours of locking myself in my room trying to fix, um, finish a project by the deadline um, was, you know, seeking help. Like, even though sometimes I, I know I definitely came off annoying to a bunch of my friends who were in my class, um, you know, like doing that really kind of um, helped me through the class, survive the, the rigorous course load, um, but also just talking to my professors, telling them about my concerns um, and things that I just really didn't get. And um, you'll be surprised, like a lot of professors, they really do care about um, helping the students through it mm -hmm. and they care about the students that um, may be falling behind or aren't getting things as fast as possible. Um, and they're really easy to talk to one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think, um, yeah, doing computer science was really hard because it was a lot of things to learn on my own, but it also taught me a lot at the same time. Yeah, mm -hmm. and you're doing computer science on top of entire biology major. <laughs> Do you have any like tips on time management, like how you balanced everything? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, I'm a very big to-do list person, so I write mm. things down. I need a planner. I will literally forget everything <laughs> if I don't write it down um, somewhere, or even on like my Google Calendar or something like that. So mm. I definitely write things down a lot, and that really helps me. But also, sometimes it gets really overwhelming when you have so many things to do, um, which is college, yeah. So what I like to do is kind of just like compartmentalize things and also mm. kind of just focus on what I need to do at hand, whether that be the hour, mm. Um, the ha first half of the day or even just the day just write down the things I need to do and then the other things like say like if I have something due the next day that also puts stress on my shoulders yeah. I will think about that after I finish the most urgent things I need to take care of and really like um, being strict with yourself and saying like no I can't focus on that right now I need to focus on this first I need to get this done with first mm -hmm. um, it really helps me even though it's hard but it really kind of helps me stay sane when I'm under a lot of stress and have a lot of things to finish and do yeah that's great after like looking back on your college career um, is there anything you would like to do differently if you had the chance to restart mm -hmm. yeah I think um, Sometimes telling myself that the easy way to go is the better way. I was so stubborn for my freshman year. I like was like, oh, like I like bio, I like chemistry. Let me just take biochem. Let me just take the harder classes. Like I took Gen Chem honors, which okay, it turned out not to be like that hard. But I'm like sometimes I'm just like I don't, I didn't need to do honors, you know. I just took it just you know for the prestige. Like oh, it's honors. Um, and then I also took the higher level physics, which I did not need to do because it was so much harder. Um, so a lot of times, like sometimes I think my pride got in the way, and I was like, well, let me just take these hard classes because you know it might why just not? be yeah yeah why not if I can right because I was exceeding so much mm -hmm. in high school but um, one thing I've learned a lot is sometimes the easy way is the better way to go um, um, so definitely I would have taken easier classes my especially my freshman year when I was first adjusting um, but I think I would have explored more um, I think one thing that I really enjoyed was being able to explore, and I like how Brandeis made it so easy to kind of mm -hmm. do different classes in different majors. Um, so I took like an intro to econ class my freshman year, and then the comp sci class sophomore year. But I think I would have taken more classes. Like honestly, um, I probably would have taken like another business or another econ class just to see mm -hmm. if I would have liked it. Um, more film classes because those were really fun. Mm -hmm. I took a film class my freshman year. Just like taking more fun classes if I have the room to do so. Um, I definitely would have done that. But yeah, just um, learning to take the easy way 
sometimes and just um, giving myself room to succeed because that was something that I learned from an advisor that was really helpful. She said, mm -hmm. sometimes you need to really set yourself up for success and that mm -hmm. sometimes that means taking less classes or like giving yourself the room to breathe um, and not taking on such a heavy course load just because of the um, prestige that it might um, convey. So yeah, setting myself up for success. So yeah. that would, that's something that I definitely would consider more, think about more. Yeah. I went to redo college. I I took the same path as you, oh, like really? taking honors gen chem, just because it's oh my god honors. <laughs> um, and I also learned that like why put um additional like not useful stress on top of you when you don't really need it. That's a lesson that I learned as well. So moving on to. The last part of the interview, um, I know that recently there has been a lot of gender-based discriminations against Asian American women. Um, have you experienced anything like that or do you have any insights into that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, specifically doing CS kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the gender discrimination that I've seen. Um, even like in my classes, like 75% of the students are male wow. um, so it was really a low female population in my classes and even in my job too I've noticed that most of the people who are doing the job that I'm doing more computational based are, are, um, are male and um, I've sat in a lot of meetings where it was like me and like two other females amongst like 40 50 people like wow. um, so I've definitely seen it and I know that there's definitely um, a lot more um, ways that jobs and institutions are trying to break um, gender discrimination and things like that. And also I feel like even for the Asian American part, I think oftentimes when people kind of like even read my resume or something like that, they kind mm -hmm. of stigmatize me and think like, oh, like she sounds really smart. She probably like can do the role or whatever. And I think that's like good to some extent, but I think it kind of inherently puts pressure on myself just because of my background. Mm -hmm. um, so I've definitely um, have felt that a couple of times and have realized that, but I think what has kind of helped me through that was seeking those other people that I was in minority with. So mm -hmm. um, for being one of the only female um, students in my classes, befriending those other female mm -hmm. students um, and really creating a community where we can, you know, help each other through because it is hard um, to do it by yourself. So really um, talking to them more and you don't have to like talk about, oh my gosh, there's so many guys in this class, there's no females, but like just like, you know, having camaraderie and having that sense of help and support and just having an outlet you can go to and talk to freely. Um, um, and then even in the workplace too, I think, um, even though we feel this discrimination in the classroom setting, it could be amplified in the work setting when you have more and more people in your job or whatever it may be, whatever your environment is. So yeah, just really seeking support from other people, different um, groups of people, whether they be part of the same ethnic group as you or different, um, same gender group or not. So just really finding community um, in such a space that could be isolating at times. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your message. This yeah. is a very meaningful message. Yes, thank you so much, Amanda. Really, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. Of course, as you, as what you said says, it's a community where people 
who are part of the minority group can bond with each other and like help each other through the difficulties and hard times during classes or like personal lives. So I think that's it. That's the end of the interview. Yay! <laughs> so um, please follow Sace on Instagram at Sace Brandeis and our Facebook. You can also subscribe to The Lighthouse on wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Audible. And we'll have a link tree with all the links on our Instagram. Thank you for listening. Thank oh, we'll you. see you on our next episode. See you. <laughs>